1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We are in the business of helping people retire better, earlier, and retire with peace of mind. Wouldn't it be nice to know when you retire that you're going to have income coming in that you will never have to worry about outliving? So we're going to talk today about some ideas about planning, but I want to ask one particular question to everybody who's listening today. I had the, uh, I'm not sure how to describe it exactly. I had the experience, I guess is a good word, this past week to attend a memorial service and a funeral service. And it makes you think about your own mortality sometimes when that happens. If you've ever been to a funeral service and you think about this person who's there and you wonder what kind of a life did they lead and how will they be remembered and how will I be remembered? So my question to you this morning is fairly simple. Will you be remembered as somebody who's done the very best job to take care of your family? And that's what we're all about at USA Wealth Group in That's what Lance Law does, too. So this morning, good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, Mike, the specific question I'd like to ask is, and I'd like to ask it to everybody who's listening today, if we were meeting in person one year from today, or if you were meeting with attorney Michael Coleman one year from today, what has to have happened in your life to make it feel like you've made a difference in planning for and protecting your family. Mm -hmm. Because the unfortunate fact is, Mike, that most people don't take the time or the effort or spend the money to do a proper estate plan, do they? No. And a lot of times what we see is that, unfortunately, something bad will have to happen, and then they'll want to get an estate plan put together. A lot of times we'll see uh, maybe parents or a parent passed away without having an estate plan, so the child comes in and says, well, I want to make sure I don't do the same thing. Yep, exactly. So what has to happen in your life? What kind of things do you need to take charge of in order to make sure that your family is protected and that you've done proper planning? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And if you haven't made arrangements, then it's not too late, but sometimes it can be if you wait too long. So good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Now, Mike, I know that you're going to be doing a um, workshop, an educational workshop, and it's coming up on Thursday, October 24th, the following Thursday. And it's at 6.30 at night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. It's going to be at 352 Fonts Corner Road, mm-hmm. where Lance Law is located. And what kind of things are you going to be talking about at this conference? So this is basically uh, like a refresher course, estate planning refresher course. So if you're a client who hasn't been in in a little while, mm-hmm. come in and we can uh, refresh you on the estate plan that you have and the documents that we prepare. If you're not a client and you want to learn about estate planning, you can come as well. We'll be talking about documents that everyone should have, uh, whether you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s or older. Um, We'll be talking about wills and what they do and how they sort of differ from trusts. Okay. Um, We'll also be talking about probate and Medicaid and the five-year look-back period for nursing home protection. So all of that, if you're a client or not a client and want to come in and learn a little bit, please feel free to do so. 
But you have to make a reservation. You should make a reservation to come, right? Absolutely. And that's at uh, 6.30 on Thursday at our office on Fonts Corner Road. And if you want to make a reservation, give us a call at 508-998-8800. Or you can uh, go online at lancelawinc.com and register there. So if you think you know everything there is to know about estate planning, you don't need to come. But if you have questions, if you have uncertainties, if you're interested in protecting your house from the nursing home, or if you just want a little bit more information or another little prod nudge to get something done, yeah, um, go see Mike and Attorney Tenny Lance on Thursday the 24th. So, Mike, um, sometimes when you talk about estate planning, people will say, but I don't have an estate. I'm not worth that much. So right. What, what is your estate then? That's a common misunderstanding when we state when we say estate planning, people think that you need to have millions and millions of dollars to have a plan, but you really don't. If you own real estate and have, you know, some money in the bank, you have an estate. Okay. So we need to do things to protect the estate and pass things on to heirs correctly. So that's So perhaps if you don't own anything, you don't own any furniture or that's not really worth anything at all and you don't have anything in the bank Mm -hmm. and maybe you just have a social security check coming in or something like that, maybe you don't really have an estate. Well, you should still, even if you just have a bank account, you should have a will. I mean, you need to have something to say, you know, who's going to handle things if something happens to me and where's that money going to go, even if it's just a small amount of money. Well, certainly if you have real estate and certainly if you have a car, that's part of your estate. So basically your estate plan then is what, just like a set of instructions for what to do with your property after you're gone? It depends on how complicated um, the assets are. But basically what it is, is it's a plan to appoint someone to be the executor or trustee of the estate. Mm -hmm. And then it's a plan on how assets get distributed. So what happens to the real estate? What happens to money in the bank? Um, We also look at life insurance and retirement accounts to make sure we have beneficiaries named on everything. Uh, We want to avoid any court involvement. So all of that, again, depending on what assets you have and how complicated things are. Okay, so I'm going to give you an early quotation today from Winston Churchill. And this describes a lot of people, I think. I'm always ready to learn, although I do not always like being taught. That seems contradictory. It does seem contradictory, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Of course, Winston Churchill was kind of a contradictory person, wasn't he? <laughs> well, um, aside from Winston Churchill, um, a lot of people just tend to put things up. Let me take you through a couple of quick uh, questions and stages. Do you think uh, that, um, say, an 18-year-old who's about to start college ought to have some documents in place before they start college? Absolutely. Um, so they may want to think about having a healthcare proxy. So if something were to happen to them, they have someone named as an agent okay. and a proxy, a, maybe a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And even if the 18-year-old has just a one bank account with some money in it, if something happens to that, that child, uh, no one's going to be able to get to that money. So they yeah, should. And what if the uh, 18-year-old starts college and has student loans? Right. Um, somebody's going to be responsible to pay those student loans. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the 18-year-old student, it might be the parents. Right, right. So maybe there's a need to put some life insurance in place. It sounds a little strange. Why would you put life insurance on a college student? Well, if you have college loans and the mm-hmm. parents are co-signers and right. something happens to the student, yeah. guess who has to pay off the student loans? That's it's right, the parents. The parents yep. 
So there's things to think about really at every stage in life. Now, what about somebody who's newly married and um, let's say they don't have children yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, should they have estate planning documents? Yeah, and again, estate planning documents don't doesn't always mean a complicated trust and you know all of this. It can be just a, a simple will to make sure that you know if something happens to you that you have someone named uh, as the executor and you know to state where your assets go. And as things change over time, if you buy real estate or things get more complicated, you can do a more in-depth estate plan. But you should have something, a simple will at least. So even somebody newly married who might not have children, they might need to think about doing planning. Uh, For example, um, maybe they bought their first house together. Mm -hmm. And they may need to see um, who's going to end up with a house if something happens to one of them. Right. Or maybe one of the spouses has IRA plans Mm -hmm. and has set up some retirement accounts, maybe at work, maybe they've got an IRA account from earlier, Mm -hmm. but they would need to check and see who the beneficiaries are, wouldn't they? Yeah, and a young couple, if they have a house and a mortgage on the house, uh, something happens to one of them, how is the the survivor or the competent uh, person still going to be able to pay the mortgage? Mm -hmm. So you may want to think about life insurance potentially. Yep. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, at USA Wealth Group, we do a lot with life insurance, and it's so inexpensive to have a term insurance policy that yeah. would pay off and pay off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So even a young couple, um, they think, well, I don't have, we don't have children yet. Why would we need life insurance? But maybe they bought their first house. Yeah. And if they didn't have a life insurance policy and an amount enough to pay off their mortgage, let's say, and one of them should die, Maybe they were surviving on two incomes coming in. All of a sudden, there's only one income. Right. What does a surviving spouse do? Right. Probably sell the house. Yeah. So even a young couple who doesn't have children, they ought to be thinking about life insurance. Yeah. And they should be thinking about having simple documents. Absolutely. And if you want to have a quick review, it's not as expensive as you think. Give a call to attorney Mike Coleman at uh, 508-998-8800. So let's pick another stage in life. Now we've got a young couple, mm-hmm. they have their first house, and now they have a child. Yeah, and if you have a child, it's definitely important to have documents in place. You want to name a guardian mm-hmm. uh, or a conservator if something happens to uh, the parents, and someone's going to have to take care of the child. If you don't have documents naming someone to do that, anyone can walk into the court and ask to be appointed a guardian of your child. And sometimes so there have been fights and disputes between two sets of grandparents. Yeah, That has occurred. Yeah. So if you have done documents and you designate the person that you would prefer to have, most of the time the court is going to honor your wishes unless yeah. that person is totally incompetent. Right, right. And if there is money and, and you want to set up a trust, um, we can set it up so that money in the trust gets used for the child's benefit over a, a number of years. Okay. So we can manage that money for educational needs or health care needs or whatever the case may be. And here's another time when it might be useful to have life insurance or important to have life insurance. Right. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. Um, I think I told this story once before, but I'll mention it again. I had a gentleman who had a really high income. He was making $300,000 a year. His wife was a stay-at-home mom. They were both educated, but she was staying home to take care of younger children. Mm -hmm. And he had life insurance through work equal to what his salary was. So he had a $300,000 life insurance policy. Hmm. But 
they came to see me because they were specifically interested in doing life insurance, and I said, you're totally underinsured. Yeah. That sounds like it's a little strange to say you've got $300,000 of life insurance. So think about that for a second. He's the sole breadwinner, mm-hmm. making an enormous salary, yeah. and something happens to him, the life insurance will pay for one year's salary. Yeah, that's not enough. And it won't pay off the mortgage. They were in a fairly expensive house. Yeah. And then what happens during the second year? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I guess his surviving spouse would have to go back to work and yeah. probably sell the house. Yeah. Bottom line is we ended up doing a $2 million life insurance policy for mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. And if you took $2 million and you multiplied that times 5%, let's say you could earn 5% on it, that's $100,000 of income a year. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like you know, you're, have too little insurance yeah. or too much insurance perhaps, but uh, even $2 million, if, unless you want to eat up the principal at $300,000 a year, their yeah. lifestyle, let's say, and provide for college for the kids, if that was important to do, that money won't last. But nevertheless, it was a it was a good interim thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done insurance recently for um, a young couple. They're about 42 years of age when we did the insurance for them, husband and wife, three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a family member, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and we did a $1 million term policy for each of them. I think it's a 20-year term. Okay. Enough to take them through the time when kids would need to go to school. And... For the wife and this couple, a $1 million policy, age 42, term policy, was about 700 and something dollars a year. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of money for that yeah. kind of a yeah. large policy. And uh, she happens to commute every day, and so she's yeah. on the road a lot. Yeah. And for the husband in the situation, again, because he's a male, same age, mm-hmm. it was a little bit more than twice that much. He's, mm-hmm. His is about fifteen to $1,600 a year. Okay. But again, fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars a year for a forty-two year old to have a one million dollar life insurance policy. Yeah, I think that's a good trade-off. If mm-hmm. anything happened to him, again, there's money to pay off the mortgage and you know provide some substitute income and mm-hmm. also help educate the kids. Yeah. So it's not as costly as you think. It doesn't always have to be term. I mean, it can be permanent insurance. It can be whole life insurance. But at least explore it. If you've got responsibilities to pay a mortgage, if you've got responsibilities to help um, educate children, and that's important to you, uh, take some action. Do and something are, about it. There are different kinds of trusts that can hold life insurance. I don't know if they maybe used one of these, but there's they did. an yeah. irrevocable trust that can hold a life insurance policy so that you can name beneficiaries of the policy and um, the policy potentially would not be part of the estate. So that's one option as well with life insurance. So that's important because why would you want to have a larger life insurance policy and have it add to your total assets, right. increase the size of your estate, mm-hmm. and then end up leaving something perhaps to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts? Right, yeah. So instead, those two policies that I've just described are owned separately, each in an individual irrevocable life insurance trust. Mm-hmm. I happen to be the trustee of them. And then my wife, Attorney Tenny Lance, is the successor trustee. Yep. And then we have another arrangement after that. But that way, there's also some assurance that somebody's going to have some management control over the money. Right. One thing I didn't mention earlier, but that we always address, and 
uh, we may talk about at the seminar, is that we have an estate tax here in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So there's an estate tax once you get up over a million dollars, and that includes life insurance. If it's not in that kind of a trust, you're going to be leaving money to the Massachusetts. So that's something we can work on, too. Do you know what Winston Churchill also said? What? You can't imagine, I'm sure. You're holding your breath. There's no such thing as a good tax. No, I agree. There is no such thing as a good tax. On the other hand, I remember, I think it was Warren Burger, Chief Justice of the United States, who once said, paying taxes is the price that we pay for civilization. Hmm. But there was a time without tax, wasn't there? I don't think so. No? Go back to colonial times. I thought they we had inst- taxes well, the, on income, tea. The income tax, wasn't that? No, tax? but I'm not talking about income tax. Okay. But, um, taxes have been around since Roman era, the yeah, Roman ages. It was certainly less... Um, a while ago. Um, the income tax was yes. created to fund the war, wasn't it? The income tax was created, I believe, in 1916 to help create um, World War One. But I'll have to go back and double-check my history on that. That yeah. might have been when the estate tax first came into effect okay. also. All right. Um, well, it seems like we have more taxes these days than... Well, ar- around the 20s and 30s, the income tax had a high tax bracket rate of 91%. Wow. So if you were really a wealthy person and made a lot of money, 91% of your income um, was going to be ta- was going to be a tax. Wow. So, you know, recently we've had some tax reform in the country. We had uh, what's sometimes called as the Trump Tax Act. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a longer name. That's a temporary tax, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, what they did is they cut permanently the corporate tax, so that the highest corporate tax rate is 25%. They mm-hmm. reduced individual income taxes, but only for a five-year period. Okay. And we're now about halfway through that period. Okay. So roughly two and a half years from now, ladies and gentlemen, taxes are going to go back up again. Mm. And unless there's a change in policy in the country, but yeah. when you're running a $23 trillion deficit, money has to come from somewhere. That's true. So right now, um, we like to say sometimes that taxes are on sale. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need to make any decisions that involve payment of taxes, the next two years might be the, good, the best time to do those kinds of things. Mm. But let's come back and talk about estate planning. So we talked about the fact that even somebody going to, say, school or college for the first time, they might not need to have certain things like a health care proxy and a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they should also have, hopefully in some safe place, uh, what their computer codes are. Yeah. So if something should happen to the child, you have the ability to access their computer files and computer records. And social media accounts like Facebook or sure. you know Instagram or all, all those. Of that. Yep. There's really a lot of things to talk about. We talked about newly married couples. We talked about young couples with children. Um, if you have young couple with children and you haven't done an estate plan, I'm going to say it really bluntly. Shame on you. Yeah. You have yeah. not protected your children. Absolutely. And you have not protected your family. So, uh, Mike, if somebody wants to come and see you and have an initial consultation and find out what are their best options, mm-hmm. do you charge for that consultation? No, the consultations are free. So we sit down normally for an hour or two hours, and mm-hmm. uh, we go over assets, and we talk about goals and family dynamics and everything. and. Uh, we present them with what we think is a good plan, and then it's up to them to either do it or not. But, yeah, the consultation itself is free. So it's relatively painless. It's not like pulling yeah. teeth or drilling in your mouth or anything. No, we hope not. <laughs> okay, good. 
Well, make an appointment to go see Attorney Michael Coleman or Attorney Tenny Lance. Call them at 508-998-8800. We also do in-home visits, so if there's an older person that uh, can't get to the office, we can always visit the person at their home. Let's go along the chain of, here we are aging rapidly, uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. So, um, or some of us in the room are. So, we as we get older, now let's say we're in middle age and you see couples that might have gone through a divorce and sometimes there's a remarriage and sometimes there's blended families and sometimes there are children from prior marriages on yeah. both sides yep. and then people get married again. Mm-hmm. Then it gets even more important or a little bit more complicated to do an estate plan, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. When you have children from two different marriages, um, you want to make sure that things are planned correctly so that uh, hopefully they don't fight down the road. Um, right. And at least even if they do, you have something in writing um, that the parents have jointly uh, considered and put down so that they know that what they wanted, basically. Can't stop a fight, but hopefully. But now you're coming into the realm where maybe simple wills aren't going to be enough because yeah. if your simple wills have left everything to each other, and the spouses now have children uh, from prior marriages on both sides, then the surviving spouse could say, I don't care about his kids. I'm going to leave everything to my children. That's true, yeah. And not to mention the fact that assets passing through a will uh, must be probated. So if we have real estate and bank accounts that are uh, held jointly, um, but just subject to the terms of a will, we're still going to have to do a probate. Okay. A probate is a public process, and that's a forum for the kids to fight more easily. I like that. <laughs> that's a good definition of probate. Probate is a people where is a place where people can get together and fight if yeah, they want to. Basically, civilly. You have to let everyone know what's happening. You have to publish in a newspaper. You have to notify all the heirs. Um, so anyone, everyone's going to see that, that what's going on, or if anyone wants to come into court and make a claim, they can. In other words, it becomes a public record. Yeah, exactly. So simple wills have to go through probate. You can't just take a will and read it in the lawyer's office and say, here, you're going to get this and you're going to get that. No, unfortunately. A will doesn't have any value unless it is offered for probate. That's correct. I mean, there is some value to it, uh, tangible, personal property. doesn't necessarily need to go through probate. So if we're talking about, you know, jewelry or jewelry or you know, antiques or something like that, we could possibly distribute that without a probate. But when we're talking about money in the bank or real estate, that's when we get into probate situations. So if people didn't have a lot of assets, it might still be satisfactory if they did a will. But as you have more assets, then they should certainly be doing trusts. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. So trusts are, are basically more private. They're private documents. They are private because, again, there's no probate. So if we have a trust and we have assets funded into the trust, like real estate or bank accounts, the person named in the trust as a successor can access those assets without court approval. All right. Um, so we avoid probate. Um, we can have multiple original trusts. So whereas with a will, you can only have one original. Um, and I'll, when we come back after a short break, but I want to remind people about this upcoming Lunch and Learn seminar you're doing. We're going to talk about a situation in my own family. I had an uncle who had several marriages, and in the end they couldn't find his supposedly last will that he did, uh-huh. and it was a real mess. So hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that little story because he's been dead for a long time. But as a quick reminder, on Thursday, October 24th, this coming Thursday, 
6.30 p.m. to 8 o'clock at night. There will be refreshments served. There's going to be a refresher course on estate planning one-on-one. You and Tenny are going to be talking about wills versus trust and how to avoid probate costs, some ideas about how to protect your house from a nursing home if that ever becomes necessary, and how does this five-year look-back period work? We're going to Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit. You're going to talk about that. If you would like to attend, you must make a reservation and let them know you want to come. Yeah, we do have limited seating, so please, if you want to come, please make a reservation. You can call us at 508-998-8800 or online at lancelawinc.com. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about my Uncle Donnie, but we actually called him Uncle Buggy when we were kids. <laughs> he was hysterical, but he didn't plan properly. That's too bad. So stay tuned. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're brought to you by USA Wealth Group every week. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Our specialty, our expertise is in the area of showing you how to retire better, protecting your family, protecting your money. And it gives us a lot of satisfaction to do those things. And welcome back to Attorney Michael Coleman. Hi, thank you. So, Mike, we're just talking about my Uncle Donnie uh, before the break. We used to call him Uncle Buggy. He was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, he had four siblings, including my mother. Mm-hmm. There were two girls and three boys in the family. Hmm. Um, he was young. He was the youngest one. Okay. So uh, he was probably more spoiled because of that. Mm. The two older brothers uh, were both in the army in World War II. Mm. Um, my one uncle Harry um, served in the Battle of the Bulge. He was on the radio before he died, oh. and he received the Bronze Star hmm. in the Battle of the Bulge. But Uncle Donnie, or Uncle Buggy, as we called him. How do you get that nickname? I'm not sure how he got that name, probably because he was teasing us and we teased him back. I mean, he was the kind of guy that would tease you all the time, would would wrestle and roll on the ground and Mm -hmm. everything else. He was a hot ticket. Hmm. um, But um, he got married very young, um, probably had to, because he had a child like right away oh, okay. <laughs> and he had forged kids and then later he got divorced and he married somebody else Oh boy! and uh, at the end of his life he had a, a mobile home park huh. um, it was more of a campground kind of a place yep he owned it uh yeah he owned it oh. and he ran it and um he uh, he probably fooled around with some of the women in the park i suspect <laughs> <laughs> he was that kind of a guy but you always had to love the guy yeah but he had done a will uh, in fact we had done a will for him earlier, and then later he went to another attorney in Worcester and mm-hmm. had done another will, okay. and uh, he mentioned it one day. That second will could never be located. Wow. We actually sent out a letter from uh, the law firm at the time and wrote to every significant law firm in the Worcester area saying, do you have a will wow. that was done Jeez. for this person? Huh. And Nobody could ever locate the will. So his second wife uh, really ended up kind of poorly wow. and didn't get as much as she should, and it was it was a mess. It was yeah. just really messy. Yeah. Yep. So wills can be contested. They can. Wills can be lost. Yep, absolutely. Um, a situation in my own family with my Uncle Buggy, who never, yeah. they never found his subsequent estate plan. Yeah. As I mentioned, this, the terms of a good will state that any previous wills or codicils to wills would be revoked when you sign the new will. Yeah, and divorce, I think, also revokes an older will. Yeah, yeah, if it's um, a spouse. But he had done a new will, 
my uncle, and what he did is he then had some kind of a dispute going on with his second wife, and he wanted uh-huh. to cut her out. And so, okay. what he probably did in the new will is he cut her out. Yeah, maybe. And she probably located the new right. will. That's what and I was she thinking. She ended up inheriting because <laughs> yeah. she was the surviving spouse. Right. So messy, messy situations. Yeah. By the way, you know what I tell everybody in the office? There is no such thing as a normal family. No, there really isn't. We see that all the time. Everybody has skeletons in their closets, things that they don't talk about. Yeah. Um, Genetic testing. Be careful what you wish for if you go and do a genetic test, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Lots of surprises (laughs) come out of genetic testing. But when you do a will, to come back to the main point, you do one original will. Mm -hmm. And if you don't keep it in a safe place and it gets lost, then you're in your state's in tough shape possibly yeah and or if someone finds it and like you said they don't like what it says you know all of a sudden the original will is gone but the um, difference with the trust is you can have more than one original trust absolutely so. yeah you can have multiple originals normally we have people sign uh, two we keep one in our files and then they take one with them mike tell me a little bit about the uh, lance law uh, firm and I know that you do free estate planning consultations, and I guess if somebody is incapacitated, do you go to their houses sometimes? We can do home visits, sure. If they can't get out to us, we can visit them. Um, we do So we do estate planning, wills and trusts, and documents such as powers of attorney and health care documents. We also do uh, real estate work, so if we need to sell real estate, we can do that. Okay. We do probate, even though we try to avoid it. Many times it's, it's necessary, so we do that. And you're active in some national organizations, too, I believe. Um, yeah, we're involved with the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. So we've been a member of that for a while. And also uh, the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. Okay. So, yeah. Now, you go to a lot of their meetings in Boston, don't you? Yeah. I go up there to, to uh, Newton, actually, at the Marriott in Newton. And they have their meetings up there. It's the Massachusetts chapter of NALA. And Tenny, of course, uh, does some counseling with veterans because she's a certified veteran specialist. So you've got a lot of areas of expertise in the office. Yeah. Um, when you do a trust, um, you do other kinds of documents. Can we just describe really quickly some of the other documents that you do? When we do a trust, planner? we always do a will, um, even though we say, you know, wills are evil because they have to go through probate we do a will in case there is a probate the will says i leave everything to my trust Mm -hmm. so it pours everything through the trust to the beneficiaries of the trust we also do um powers of attorney so a durable power of attorney and healthcare documents and we do deeds to get property into a trust and by the way if you have pets we can do a pet trust oh good yeah I know in a few weeks, actually, um, we're planning to have some people on from Animal Advocates and also oh, yeah. from uh, yeah. Paws for Cause. Oh, that's good. Um, from Wareham, and we're yeah. going to be talking about their fundraising organizations and how to take care of your pets and how to protect your pets. Yeah. yeah. And some people have no family members, but they have pets to take right. care of. That's important to them, isn't we're it? We're handling a state right now where the person passed away and he had two cats and he didn't have anyone to take care of him so he did a pet trust and he named a caretaker as the trustee and she has the cats now and mm-hmm. the cats are being taken care of so and i guess sometimes when you do that you can leave a stipend or some money yeah. to help fund yeah. the cost of the cat food you can leave a fee to the trustee and also mm-hmm. um you know designate a certain amount of money as expenses today i feel like giving a few political quotations as well okay. like I, I don't know why <laughs> but i'm just reading some things i thought were interesting 
So this is Will Rogers, a famous social commentator from the 30s. There is good news from Washington today. The Congress is deadlocked and can't act. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that for a second. (laughs) But I liked Will Rogers. He had some really interesting things to say. Um, But let's continue on for just a minute. So you do powers of attorney, which means if somebody is incapacitated or disabled, somebody else can sign their name for them. Yeah. That's a very important document, isn't it? It is. Or get access to bank accounts if they need money to pay bills. If that person is incapacitated, the bank won't let anyone access those accounts without proper documents in place. And I guess one of the most important things is that people get to name the people whom they wish to have take care of their affairs. Yep. Um, So you can name a successor trustee to handle everything. Sometimes people have multiple beneficiaries and they want to name different trustees for different beneficiaries. So you can also do that. If there are young children involved, you can name someone to manage their money over long periods of time. If you have a special needs beneficiary, we can handle that as well. So, But still, you know, as, as many times as we talk about some of these things on the radios and sometimes we talk about them in the office, people still take their time in acting, don't they? Yeah, they, they procrastinate. It's something that people tend not to want to think about. Um, they think if they set up an estate plan, something's going to happen to them. <laughs> yeah, there's some superstition sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So here's another quotation for you from Winston Churchill. I never worry about action, but only inaction. Mm, yeah. That sort of describes the estate planning process, isn't right, it? Right, You've got to take some action. You've got to do something. Now, here's my favorite quotation from Winston Churchill that I came across last night when I was preparing for okay. the show. It's a good thing for an uneducated man to read books of quotations. Hmm. So, of course, I thought about myself immediately when I uh, read that. So, um, how long does it generally take to complete an estate plan? If somebody comes into the office to meet with you, is it a lengthy process? Some people make decisions right away. Some yeah. people need to make some have some time to think about things. It depends on the amount of assets involved. Um, generally we can get it done fairly quickly. Um, but like you said, sometimes people put things off. I have clients who come in and, you know, we talk for a couple hours and they're sure of what they want to do. And then they go home and things change and they tend to procrastinate more and more. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if we get everything done, we can do it in a, a month or two months to get things set up. I was just wondering if that was a redundancy to procrastinate more and more. <laughs> I guess. Maybe if it was longer and longer it would be. Yeah. Now, what if somebody has um, children who have special needs? We have some yeah. folks in the office that I've helped with their financial uh, asset planning, and mm-hmm. I think you might have done some legal work also. Yeah, yeah. So special needs, if someone's on government benefits that are important to them, they don't want those benefits to be interrupted by a, a large inheritance. So we can do things to make sure that they don't lose their benefits if something were to happen to a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can make sure that somebody is named to take care of them, to help pay their bills, yep. to administer their funds, to do all those kinds of things. Yeah. Do you ever have people, Mike, who say to you, well, I've got everything in joint names with one of my children, and when, that, when I die, my child will have the money, and they know what my wishes are to share with their other siblings? Yeah, I, have, I see that a lot, actually, and... I always have to tell them, you know, be careful because who knows what they're actually going to do. 
People know, change. Money yeah, people changes change. people. Absolutely. So we, I've seen situations and people coming in to meet with me and talking about retirement planning, and they say, no, I've got everything in TOD accounts, which are transfer on death accounts. Mm-hmm. And I've only named one person because my other child is really making a lot of money and they don't need it. Yeah. Um, I usually argue in favor of treating everybody equally. Yeah, yeah. And you have fewer disagreements. And what happens if the wealthier child has hard times later? Right. Maybe that inheritance would have been important to them. Yeah. Sometimes I have people come in and say, well, I just want to transfer my house to my kids. And again, that's not, not a good idea for a lot of reasons. If the child gets into their own financial problems or gets involved in a divorce, all of sure. a sudden your house is... Has a car accident, doesn't yeah. have enough insurance, the house could be lost. Right, exactly. The house could be taken. So. And by the way, you know, uh, I know you've talked before about doing a homestead on a house. Yeah. So if you are the person who owns the house and you live there, mm-hmm. you can do a homestead and you can get yep. some extra liability protection. But if you give the house to the kids... Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the owner of the house, but it's no longer their primary residence. Right, yeah. They can't do a homestead to protect it. Exactly. So, so lots of reasons. And uh, how about a nursing home? What if somebody gives their house to their kids, puts it in their name, and three years later they go into a nursing home? Yeah, that's a disqualifying transfer. So okay. So we'd have to do something to fix that, and hopefully the child would be willing to cooperate, because if not, you may not be eligible for Medicaid benefits for so, a while. The parent may not qualify for mass health benefits. Right. Yeah. And then from a tax point of view, I'll just mention taxes very quickly because I like to talk about taxes. If you give your house to your children um, and the title is in their name and then you die, well, the moment you give it to them, they receive the same cost in the house that you paid for it. Mm-hmm. So if you paid $30,000 for a house that's now worth 250000 guess what? Your kids own it for $30,000. And then when you die and they go to sell the house, they got a $220,000 capital gains tax yeah. or capital yeah. gains Yep. and pay taxes on that. Yeah. On the other hand, if they inherit the house instead, they inherit it at what's called a stepped-up basis. They inherit it at fair market value. Mm-hmm. And they inherit the house at 250 They sell it for 250 There's no taxes to pay. Right. So there's so lots I'll of reasons not to put a house in a child's name. You need to sit down with somebody like attorney Mike Coleman and talk about it. And you might learn a little bit more, too, if you go to this um, estate planning 101 refresher course that's being conducted. It's going to be at the office of Lance Law, Inc., 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Thursday, this coming Thursday, October 24th, 2019, at 6.30 p.m. It's going to last about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. There'll be refreshments and yeah. coffee to keep you awake. Sure. It's at 6.30, so you shouldn't be falling asleep. No, <laughs> you shouldn't fall asleep anyways, because you know what? It's really interesting stuff, and it's it's things that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to act on. Like, what if somebody wants to benefit a charity? Can they do that through their estate plan? Absolutely. We see that a lot. So sometimes people want to name a charity as a beneficiary directly. Sometimes they want to say, you know, if something happens to all my name beneficiaries, then I want this charity to get my money so yeah we can do that as well mm-hmm. so and you can do charitable planning mm-hmm. so really what we've described today is that an estate plan is not just for older people is it right everyone should have i think everyone should have at least a will mm-hmm. so that they name someone to handle their affairs yep starting at a very young age yeah absolutely okay everyone and in our office has an estate plan so i'm just going to ask sure you that, that yeah that's sort of a fringe benefit anyways yeah 
It's yeah. sort of a job requirement too, isn't right, it? Right, right. I mean, it, you can't work in an estate planning right. law firm <laughs> if you don't have your own estate plan. That's done. right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So, um, can you do your estate plan online? You can, but I wouldn't advise it. Um, an online will. I mean, I've never looked at them, but who knows what they say and what they cover or don't cover. Or, so sit down with an attorney and go over things. And like I said, the consultation is free. So we'll sit down for an hour or two hours and I'll tell you what I think you should do. And if you don't want to do it, you don't have to, but at least you'll know. Well, there's an old expression too that he who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer. Mm. Didn't one of the um, Supreme Court justices do his own will? Oh, yes. <laughs> um Gosh, I'm going to have to think about who that was. Yeah, uh, Warren Burger. Okay. Yeah, Chief Justice Warren Burger. Yeah. Created his own will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called was that a called a nuncupative will or something like I that? I think so. Yeah. You do your own will, and um, yeah, I've, I've mentioned that before because he's a guy who could have had any law firm in Washington D.C. do his will, his trust, his estate plan, and he was worth more than a million dollars when he died. Yeah. And paid a lot of taxes unnecessarily, but and he, yeah, you know, he could have avoided that. <clears throat> just because you're rich and famous doesn't mean that you're smart, yeah, or or do common sense. Is that who it is? You've got the picture there. Well, I have Warren Burger here. Um, he had a gross estate of about 1.8 million when yep. he passed away. He, he paid 457 thousand dollars in death taxes. Yeah, he lost 30 percent of his estate. Yeah. So he's a supposedly really smart guy who thought he was smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And um, John Rockefeller paid a lot in taxes. Of course, we don't have a lot of John Rockefellers in our community, yeah. obviously. And but we have more recent examples of you know celebrities who have failed to plan. You see it pretty often where um, they've passed away and either they had just a will or they forget to name a, you know, a, an heir as a beneficiary so even the people with lots of money don't want to do it i guess yep and the other reasons to think about doing it is because we never know when we might become physically or mentally incapacitated and not be able to do it you know what if you had a stroke and you no longer have um, as many mental faculties as you did before yeah maybe it's too late to plan at that point right what if you become disabled right um and that's one of the functions of having this power of attorney too isn't it yeah, the power of attorney is important to put in place so that if something happens to you again, like I said, someone can access bank accounts to pay bills and to, you know, manage a mortgage payment potentially or any other bills that you have. Otherwise, the bank won't let anyone get that money. Mm-hmm. And who's going to pay the bills? You know, who, is it coming out of the child's, you know, own finances or who knows where the money's coming from at that point? So I have a bit of a gruesome quotation. Maybe it's appropriate for Halloween, too. <laughs> a guy named Jim Elliott said, when the time comes to die, make sure that all you have to do is die. Mm. Or in other words, make sure you've got all of your affairs in order yeah. a long time before that. Yep. Um, you know, one of my favorite presidents for um, his ability to communicate was Ronald Reagan. In fact, he was called the great communicator. He either had some really good simple things to say, or he had a bunch of great writers working for him. I'm not sure which was which. But he off, he said once, I have wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress. <laughs> think about that one. Yeah, they would have been longer. 
And uh, But he has some nice things to say uh, also. I know in my heart that man is good, that what is right will always eventually triumph, and there's purpose and worth to each and every life. Mm. That was Ronald Reagan. Nice. So he had some really um, impressive things to say as well, yeah. and I'll give you another quotation from him in just a minute. Okay. So, Mike, we talked about some of the benefits of having a trust. Is there... Um, this is a question that's not rehearsed or anything. Is there any particular dollar amount that you sometimes recommend for people to think about trust? I it know depends. It ahead. depends on goals, I yeah. think. So if you have real estate and you have some money in the bank, I think a trust is potentially a, a good option. But again, we always sit down and take it by a case case basis. And, you know, if, if need be, we can do a trust. So mm-hmm. for example, maybe you have, money in the bank not a lot but you want to make sure that you your special needs child or someone else is taken care of i had a couple come in recently where the husband has had seven strokes so he's in tough shape yeah so the house is owned by the wife alone she didn't want to have it in his name because if he needs some kind of care then the house is going to be at risk but she also wanted to make sure that he would have the ability to live in the house if mm-hmm. something happens to her. Okay. So we can put that in a trust and okay. have the trust say that he has the right to live there and the money in the trust can be used to pay real estate taxes and insurance and all that. So it's really a case-to-case thing. Yeah. From a strict financial point of view, I've often recommended to clients when I'm doing financial planning for them over the years that if you have a house and if your total estate is worth $250,000 or more, that includes insurance and bank accounts and financial assets and everything else. You really ought to be doing trust planning and not simple will planning. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that people sometimes forget is if you have a couple and they're worth over a million dollars, you have a $1 million exemption from Massachusetts estate tax. Right. But if you do simple wills and leave everything to each other, you're only going to get one $1 million right. exemption. Yeah, for estate taxes. And if you do right. a trust then you can shelter two $1 million exemptions from yeah. the mass estate tax or $2 million. So. And the million-dollar limit includes real estate values and includes life insurance proceeds, retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll meet with clients and they'll fill out our forms and they'll be surprised at how big their estate is. One other quotation from Ronald Reagan. I've got one I'm going to conclude with in just a minute. The problem is not that most people are taxed too little, the problem is that government spends too much, mm. and government does spend too much. So a quick final reminder, Mike, okay. about the uh, workshop you've got coming up on Thursday, October 24th. is coming Thursday at uh, 352 Fonts Corner Road, 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, what are some of the topics you're going to be covering? We'll be talking about estate planning documents, so wills and trusts and powers of attorney. Um, we'll talk about probate and how to avoid probate. Medicaid planning, um, so all of that, and it's a refresher. So if you're already a client but want to refresh yourself, come in if you're not a client yet and want to learn something, feel free to sign up. And if you do want to sign up, do that at 508-998-8800. Give us a call, or you can do it online at lancelawinc.com. So that's a final reminder to take some action and to do something to protect your family and Mm -hmm. To look out for your money, make sure you don't pay taxes more than what you need to pay. This is a quotation that I liked from Ronald Reagan also. 
Let us be sure that those who come after will say of us in our time that in our time we did everything that could be done. We finished the race. We kept them free. We kept the faith. Hmm. So he was talking about our country, and he was talking about politics, to yeah. make sure that we do everything. But it's, it's sort of a good reminder to do everything you can to protect your family. There should be nothing more important than that, right. I think. Yeah. And so, it's fun, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. Come on in and meet with me. Like I said, we sit down, go over things. It's a free consult. So call us and sign up. And um, most importantly, take some action. Well, uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about some year-end tax planning uh, tips, mm -hmm. things you need to think about before year-end. We're going to be talking about Medicare and why it's important to sign up and uh, reevaluate what your Medicare supplement plans are. Yep and making sure you have proper coverage there. So um, <clears throat> do something to help your family. Do something to help yourself. We do thank you for listening every week. And um, one final quotation from my friend Thomas Edison. If we did all the things we are capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Mm. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again on the radio next week.